0: And welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA. This is Warren Landis, and I want to say hello to all of our listeners on Anchor FM as well as Spotify. Once again, it is a great uh, joy for me to welcome you to the program. And of course, I'm Warren Landis, your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And uh, we're going to start the program off today by answering a question that someone called in last night. And so I felt like this morning would be a good time to to answer that question. And this question came from a listener uh, who wanted to know, uh, did Adam and Eve have a belly button? Now, this question was of special interest to me because, you know, uh, my dad died back in uh, 2019. And that was one of the questions he had asked himself before he died, and that is, did Adam and Eve have a belly button? Now, the short, most direct answer to that question is we don't know because, very simply, the Bible doesn't tell us whether Adam and Eve had a belly button or not. And uh, I'm sure in the overall scheme of things, uh, it it doesn't really matter whether Adam and Eve had a belly button. However, Reading in context, I would say it appears to me that probably Adam and Eve did not have a belly button, because as you know, Adam and Eve did not go through the normal birth process that you and I go through. God created Adam from the dust of the ground, and he created Eve from one of Adam's ribs, and so therefore Adam and Eve were not born in the usual way. They were especially created by God. Um, but obviously Adam and Eve produced kids and, uh, those kids were born in the normal way. So there you have it. And so I hope that answers your question. And if you still are just dying with curiosity as to whether or not Adam and Eve had a belly button, you'll have to wait till you go to heaven. And I hope that you are saved. So that you can go to heaven and ask that question if you still feel like it's important. I got a feeling, though, you know, when we get to heaven, uh, questions like that are not going to matter so much. We're not going to worry about insignificant issues over whether or not Adam and Eve had a belly button. I I don't think it really especially matters. But I, I, I was especially interested in that question since my dad had the same question at one point before he died. And so therefore, that being the case, uh, I was very eager to uh, answer that question for them. And somehow they got my phone number and they were able to call me last night. And and so I was especially glad to answer that particular question. You know, a lot of times we preachers, we get asked questions that are frankly a lot harder than that one. Uh, I didn't find that question to be especially hard. But... I hope it did help them a little bit. Amen? Amen. Well, today uh, in our Bible study, we're getting into Genesis chapter number five. And, and you know, a lot of people who read their way through the Bible, um, they tend to skip over chapter five because it doesn't seem to be terribly important. As someone said, there's a whole lot of begetting and begotten going on. And I guess you could say that's true. But there are some important things we can take note of in Genesis chapter 5. First of all, we note that obviously people lived a lot longer back in those days. And of course, one of the reasons for that is because, you know, the earth had to be populated. And in order for the earth to be populated, especially with just one couple, Adam and Eve, being the lead couple, so to speak, the original couple, then uh, there was a whole lot of beginning and begotten that had to go on in order to repopulate the earth. Um, We see, for example, uh, some very interesting things here in chapter 5, and we're going to go over uh, the highlights of chapter 5 right now. First of all, though, let's do go to the Lord. In a word of prayer, and then we'll dive into the word. Uh, Dear Lord, I pray that you'll be with me right now as I record uh, this particular broadcast. I pray that you will give me the words to say that you want me to say. And Lord, help me not to say anything you don't want me to say. And Lord, I just want to pray that you will be with our listeners, help them to listen carefully and to take notes. And think about how they could put the truth of your word into everyday life. And then, Lord, we pray for the needs of our listening audience. Lord, we know that we have listeners all over the world and countries around the world. And we know these people have all kinds of needs that we need to pray about. And Lord, I don't know what all these problems and needs are, but Lord, you do. And Lord, we thank you that with you, there is nothing that is impossible. God, there is nothing that you can't do. And Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, we want to take time out to thank you for all the wonderful things you've done for us. Not the least of which is our own salvation, Lord. Those of us that have been saved, we thank you for the gift of salvation. Lord, we know that we don't deserve to go to heaven but we praise the Lord that as believers, we get to go to heaven. Amen. And now, Lord, we want to thank you and praise you for all that you're going to do through this podcast. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. OK, Genesis chapter five. Starting with verse one, it says this is the book of the generations of Adam and the day that God created man In the likeness of God, created he him. Now, uh, this brings us to the first of several questions that we might have to answer on this program. And first of all, what does it really mean to be created in the likeness of God? Well, I, I think for one thing, unlike the rest of God's creation, man is a living soul. Man has a soul that will live forever and ever in eternity. And will live in one of two places, heaven or hell. But the soul of man, it will never die. And so in that sense of the word, we have something in common with God. We'll never die. Now, of course, there was a point where we were conceived and began to exist. Now, that's not true of God. God's always been. There's never been a time when God was not. Now it's hard for us to conceive of that because of the fact after all, you know, uh, we're limited by the human mind that we have. We can't comprehend how it is that God would have no beginning. (laughs) But it's really important that God has no beginning because if God were created by someone or something, that someone or something would ultimately be God. And so God's always been, he's always going to be. Now we haven't always been, but we will always be. And that's part of what it means to be created in the likeness and image of God. And like I say, Adam and Eve had the task Of repopulating the earth. Now one of the questions we dealt with on the last broadcast in the Old Testament series is the fact that we dealt with uh, the issue of where did Cain get his wife and of course I pointed out that obviously Cain's wife had to be a blood relative because quite literally Adam and Eve were the first two human beings on earth Everybody living on earth at this time had to be related by blood to Adam and Eve. And so um, at the very least, Cain's wife was a distant cousin or blood relative. Now, we, of course, would look down on that today. But that was the only way that men could have wives back in those days. Amen. Okay now let's read on. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son after his own likeness and after his own image and he called his name Seth. And so here we see that 130 years has gone by since the days of Cain and Abel, 130 years. And as we read further in this chapter, we see we're all total. Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. Now, some people bring into question the fact that God had told Adam, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Well, the Bible does tell us a day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. And certainly in less than a thousand years after that first sin was committed, Adam died. He only lived to be 930 years old. I think we could safely say that death is something all of us experience because of Adam and Eve. They brought sin into the world. And as a result of sin, or as a consequence of that person, all of us die because all of us need a Savior. We have an old sin nature. Now, by the way, I've pointed this out several times already, and I'll probably, in my ministry, point it out several more times. And that is the fact that even though, even though um, God uh, has... Um, in effect, saved us and given us new life, the promise of eternal life in heaven, he did not eradicate our old sin nature. And therefore you and I as Christian believers, we have to battle with this old sin nature, which is called uh, well, the old sin nature we have to do battle with our old sin nature. That's why it's not easy to be a Christian. That's why it's not easy to live for the Lord. Because we are constantly battling our old sin nature, which was not destroyed. And we'll be battling that old sin nature until the day we die. So Adam lives a grand total of 930 years, and he dies. And the next person that we read about further down going down to Genesis chapter 5 and verse 21 it says, and Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begot Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah 300 years and begot sons and daughters. Now I'm going to point out something here. He begot sons and daughters. Now this sounds a little bit sexist, I know. But Adam and Eve, it's important to point out, as did their offspring, Adam and Eve gave birth to daughters as well as sons. However, none of the daughters of God are mentioned by name. The only children of Adam and Eve that we have names for are the male children. Now, that's because you have to realize Moses here is the author. He is the leader of the Israelites. And in the culture of that day, and especially in the culture of Adam and Eve, the thing about it is, a male birth was considered much more significant than the birth of a female. Because, you see, it was the male who would carry on the family name. And it was the male who would assume positions of authority. And usually, for example, the eldest male would actually uh, take over the role of being the lead provider for the family uh, if the father died uh, at a relatively early age. Now, we know that uh, Joseph, who, by the way, was not the earthly father of Jesus, I guess you could call him the first stepdad. Now, Mary was his mother. But when Joseph died, and apparently Joseph died when Jesus was still a fairly young man, 12 or 13 years old. Now under Jewish custom, it would have fallen on Jesus, the eldest male in his family, to take on the job of financially supporting his mom and also taking over the father's earthly business. Now the earthly business of Joseph was that of being a carpenter. And no doubt, from a very young age, Jesus had helped his father in the carpenter shop and then took over that carpenter shop when Joseph died. And that's how financially and materially Jesus provided for the needs of his mom. Now, by the time Jesus is 30 years old and he begins his earthly ministry, Jesus had no doubt already saved enough money back from the business in order to see to it that his mother, for the rest of her life, would be well provided for. And now he gives up the carpenter business and gets on with the business that God called him into. And he starts his earthly ministry, which only spanned three years. Now, I know a lot of great preachers in the world today And these preachers today, uh, many of them have been in the ministry for 30, 40, 50 years in some cases. And we thank God for these elderly preachers and the legacy that they leave us. But they were in the ministry much longer than Jesus. Jesus' earthly ministry was only three years. Now, of course, I maintain that in that three years, Jesus accomplished so much more in his ministry in just three years than a lot of these other preachers did, living 30, 40, 50 years. So there you have it. But we find that back then, people lived a lot longer. Methuselah, for example, who was the son of Enoch, he turned out to be the oldest living human being ever. Methuselah lived a grand total of 969 years upon the surface. Can you imagine that, someone living 969 years? I mean, in this country, I mean, <laughs> think how many years they would be drawing Social Security. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, We find that Enoch is born, and one of the distinguishing facts about Enoch is that Enoch walked with God. We don't have a death date, so to speak, for Enoch because he didn't die physically. Um, He literally walked with God into heaven. And um, so we have no official death date for Enoch. Uh, there's no graveyard where you can go and look at the grave of Enoch. It's not there. He walked with God. Now, when you think about it, that is probably the best thing that could be said about anybody. That could be the best legacy that anybody could possibly have is that they walked with God, they lived for the Lord. I mean, That's a better title to have than businessman or investor or developer or anything like that. In its legacy is that he walked with God. That meant that his family, that meant that those who lived in his neighborhood, they could very easily tell that he was a believer. He was a believer in Jehovah God. Now, hopefully, you and I as Christians in the apartment complex that we live in, in the neighborhood we live in, in the house we live in, hopefully people can tell that we love the Lord if we call ourselves a Christian. People don't have to look at you and wonder whether or not you were a Christian. That answer should be apparent. Amen. So the bottom line is Enoch walked with God, and of course his son Methuselah lived a grand total of 969 years upon the earth. Now, like I say, the reason people lived such a long time on the earth back in those days is because of the fact that, you know, everybody back then had the awesome responsibility of populating the earth, and seeing to it that the earth had the population it needed in terms of numbers in order to survive. Amen. Amen. Well, let's read on here in this fifth chapter of uh, Genesis. It says here, and Lamech lived 980 in two years and begot a son. And he called his son Noah, saying, The same shall comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord God had cursed. Now, bearing in mind, I want to say something very important here. A lot of people assume... That work is part of the punishment for that first sin, and that's not true. Bearing in mind, even before that first sin, even before that first sin took place, Adam had a whole lot of work to do. We know, for example, Adam had to name all of the animals. He had to plant the vineyards and the crops and everything else. But now, back in those days, his job was much easier because there was no thistles. There was no weeds. The soil was real easy to work with. And so, therefore, it was very easy for uh, Adam to do all that. But after Adam committed, Adam and Eve committed that first sin, after Adam and Eve committed that first sin, All of a sudden, work took on a whole different nature. Work was necessary in order to survive. Now, the work that Adam did before that first sin was not work that had to be done in order for them to survive. God did the hard part himself. But after that first sin, Adam had to start doing things the hard way. Now, all of a sudden, there were thorns and weeds that had to be dealt with. The ground became very difficult and hard to work with at times. And so man literally had to work by the sweat of his brow. So it was not the fact that man had to work, but it was how hard man had to work that changed as a result of that first sin. Now, like I say, sin always has consequences. Now, sometimes we assume that because God is a loving God and a merciful God and a forgiving God, we assume that there's no consequences, but that is simply not true. Sin always has a price tag. Sin always has consequences. And we have to come to grips with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. But anyway, Lamech gives birth to a son by the names of Noah. and it says, and Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, Noah perhaps did not realize at this point that God was going to use him to preserve mankind. The Bible tells us, for example, that Noah preached on this earth for a grand total of 120 years. 120 years. Think about it. And after 120 years, God said, OK, it's time to come aboard the ark. And after everybody got on, the board, after everybody got on board the ark, God shut the door. Noah didn't shut the door. God shut the door. And from that point on, there was no way anybody was going to get out of the ark, and there was no way anybody was going to get into the ark. For those that had not yet decided to get on board the ark, it was now eternally and everlastingly too late. And then the rain began to fall, and the flood came. Now, this was kind of interesting, because up till this point, and we'll talk more about this in the next broadcast, up until this point, all the water came up from the ground. So when God, uh, when, when Noah said, God said it's going to rain, it's going to flood, and the world's going to be destroyed, Noah didn't really understand what all that meant. But he knew who said it, he knew God said it, and God, he knew, meant business. If God said this was going to wipe out civilization as it was then known, so be it, it was going to happen. You could mark it down. Now, some people would say, well, you know, as a preacher, Noah must not have been very successful. But in reality, Noah was successful because of the fact that he did what God told him to do. You see, numbers don't mean anything to God. I went to a crusade one time, and this particular evangelist, you saw slides and videos all over the auditorium until crusade time And it talked about all the thousands and thousands of people who had been saved under the ministry of this particular evangelist. Well, you see, those kind of numbers don't mean anything to God. God doesn't call you and me to be successful. He calls you and me to be faithful. He calls you and me to be obedient to what he's called us to do. And that's what Moses was. He was obedient to the task that God had given him. And the good thing is Noah did reach all the members of his family, his wife, his sons, and his son's wives. All of their lives were spared because they came aboard the ark. Now, you know, many preachers would have to tell you there are some members of their own family and they have relatives that are not saved, that do not know Christ the Savior. That's sad, but true. But now in the case of Noah, Noah's immediate family was saved. They were all in the ark. And in my opinion, that made Noah very successful. And it shows how effective Noah's influence and witness was because they trusted Noah and they obeyed Noah. And ultimately, they obeyed God. And as a result, their lives were spared. The lives of everybody else was lost. I'm sure once it started raining and the floods started coming and people started drowning, people were pounding on the side of the ark. In fact, I saw a movie one time about Noah's Ark, and you could actually see people pounding on the side of the ark, but it was too late. They had already made their choices. Now they had to live with those choices. Amen. Amen. Now, starting in the very next chapter, Genesis chapter 6, we will begin taking a look for three chapters at Noah's Flood, and we'll do that the next time we go into the Old Testament series. Now, one of the things I'm doing here on Spotify and Anchor FM and some of our other platforms, every other broadcast I am teaching through the Old Testament, and every other broadcast I'm teaching through the New Testament. And hopefully this will carry us through the Old and New Testament simultaneously. Amen. So we look forward to that. Now, by the way, those of you that listen to Blog Talk Radio, you will find that I will be dealing with individual topics. In essence, I'm going to be taking the truth of God's word and and applying it to real life situations. So we could see how to take what we know about the Bible and put it to use in our everyday life. Well, that brings us to the end of another broadcast, but if you have any questions, like the one we dealt with this morning, did Adam and Eve have a belly button? Or if you have a prayer request, you can let me know by contacting me by email. I have two email addresses. One email address is Warren Landis at yahoo.com, and the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com, all lowercase, very simple, very easy. And if you want to contact me by snail mail, you can do it that way, the old school way. My snail mail address is Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. That's Warren Landis. Um, 80 Thruston Street, that's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N 80 Thruston Street apartment 8510 Greenville, South Carolina, 29605 now, that apartment number 8510 is very important because if you don't put that apartment number on there, I won't get it Amen? Amen Well, I'll tell you one thing about this program it seems that we no sooner get started doing this program that it's time to go. (laughs) But I tell you, I enjoy this particular time every day when I record a new podcast called Sunshine USA. And I thank God that we are reaching so many people around the world with the truth of God's love and the truth of God's word. And so until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you, don't fret none. Because you know what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.